Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. I had to finish my coughing fit before I could start the podcast because I'm eventually going to die from this cough. I feel pretty confident in that at this point. (sighs) Good Tuesday to you all. My voice is coming back. It's getting there. I don't know. Maybe I'm a little... uh, a little hypercritical of myself on that front. Most of you guys are probably listening and thinking, he sounds fine, but I don't think so. I, I could hear my voice crack a couple times during yesterday's show, which is just incredibly embarrassing because puberty is hard to deal with. Come hang with us in Discord, by the way. I think I'm going to finally get a, uh, a live Discord Q&A going today because... Um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do like an hour and five minute show today and do all the questions and so forth. I really got to get my voice to come back all the way. And at some point, I'm going to have to just take my foot off the the throttle here because, you know, I did a show on Saturday. I had four basketball games that I broadcast last week. My kid's birthday stuff. So you're like constantly yelling at both grownups and children alike. At some point, I got to just rest my voice a little bit. But I don't want to. And so it's just going to continue to sound terrible forever. Anywho, welcome to Fantasy NBA Today. I'm Dan Vespris. Thanks, as always, for hanging out with us. I got, I think, all of the stuff I wanted to get out on the socials before we went on air today. So uh, we got the the look ahead for tonight, which is a big one. 10-game Tuesday. Yesterday, uh, just a four-game Monday. Not a lot of stuff that that sort of broke the bank on yesterday's card, but a couple of things, and we'll go through that, and and then we'll kind of check the time, see what's going on. Chat room is open for those that are watching live with us here. I would encourage anybody to use that if you have a question. If we have time, we'll try to get to it. My computer just made a very loud noise. That's distressing. Um, I don't know something feels different about today's podcast is is I I can't put my I can't quite put my finger on it but maybe we'll figure it out as we go. I just I feel something feels weird today. Ah well. I guess the only way to get through the weird is to just start talking about fantasy basketball. That makes sense, right? Let's uh let's get things cooking here. Boston beat New York 114 to 98. That's the way we get the party started. This ball game was actually closer than this for most of it. Um, Knicks were tight until like early fourth quarter. So that's why you saw kind of normal starters minutes for Julius Randle played 38, Jalen Brunson 39, Josh Hart played 43 minutes in this ball game, which is notable, but also like sort of the opposite of notable because RJ Barrett was out with a migraine. So Hart stepped into his starting spot and had a really nice fantasy line. That's, that's what Josh Hart does. If he plays 30 minutes, he posts fantasy stats, 16 points, three threes, nine rebounds, three assists, one steal, but what we still don't know about the Knicks is, and, and we've had like one game out of their last five or six where R.J. Barrett has both been healthy and the game has been competitive. And so I just still have no idea if Josh Hart is going to play 30 minutes off the bench when the Knicks have a competitive game and R.J. Barrett is healthy. I think in the one game where those two things were the case, Josh Hart did, did play 30 minutes. But every other game, it's been either a blowout 
so hard, didn't get to 30 minutes. And I don't know if that was the reason why, honestly. Uh, but he does tend to close games, so he wouldn't get the last few minutes. Or R.J. Barrett's been out and Josh got the start and then he played big minutes and we didn't have to even think about anything. So my take on this is, Hart, you kind of have to hold for now. It might not be a long-term thing. I didn't even think it would be this long, but because of this run for the Knicks of non-competitive or non-Barrett-y games, it has ended up taking longer to figure out what the hell Josh Hart's going to be this year than I expected it would. I mean, we're three weeks in, and we still sort of don't know. Also uh, notable, Emmanuel quickly, quieter game. He's kind of alternating good games and bad games, which in my mind makes him a head-to-head guy you could probably play, but I would not use him on 12-team uh, Roto 9-cat uh, because there are too many negatives that outweigh the few positives. Where on the head-to-head side, if there's something that you're punting that he's not good at, then he very easily makes the cut for someone you could use. That's the difference really between the two formats in my eyes. In addition to the whole, like, injuries don't hurt you as much in Roto, in terms of guys you're playing, you know, quickly is an easy one. Like, if, you, if you're punting blocks, his value goes up. If you're punting steals, his value goes up. If you're punting field goal percent, his value goes up. All these little things that you can tweak on the head-to-head side that don't really creep in the same way with Roto. Roto, you're generally attacking eight or nine Oftentimes at this point in the year, I'm attacking all nine categories and just kind of seeing how it's going. Head-to-head, perhaps not so much. So quickly to me, doesn't make sense in Roto and um, makes sense in some head-to-head builds, not so much in others. On the Boston side, basically nothing. Uh, We've seen Derek White cool off a little bit after his torrid start. He was a top 25 guy after the first week and a half. Now he's at about top 50 because, not surprisingly, the scoring has come down. We knew that wasn't going to hold all season long, not with the amount of guys they've got there. But he's still averaging two threes, a steal, and a block. So four of what uh, Brew calls cash counters, the counting stats that are really cash in because they're the low-volume ones where each one is really critical. Uh, he's, he's, I mean, he's settling back probably towards where he was going to be. So I, I don't think we should be too surprised. Sam Hauser's been on a ridiculous three-point tear. He's hit like 65% of his threes over the last five or six ball games. I forget the exact number on Hauser. But right now, he's a very good threes streamer because he's averaging basically three a ball game. Um, and after a, a slow start to the year where he hit zero, one, and two, he's gone five, one, three, three, five, four, four. And he's shot under 50% during that stretch one time. It was the game, actually, where he hit three three three-pointers. It was not the one where he hit one. His minutes, I don't think, were ever going to be high enough for it to really count. And you know he's not going to shoot 60% from downtown all year. So, no, the answer is, like, should I start this guy daily? No, you shouldn't. And unless somebody gets hurt, like if Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum goes down, then you start to think about, all right, maybe there's enough there for him. Because Boston's going a pretty tight rotation this year. They only played eight guys yesterday. Uh, then if he could, you know, creep up into that like 26 minutes per ball game, you'd say, oh, well, now I'm getting reliably three plus three pointers. I don't have to worry as much about the sort of random fluctuations. Also, if he gets cold. This is just something to sort of file in the back of your brain for later. You don't have to worry about it right this second unless you're in a tight threes battle and you wanted to throw Boston players at your problem.
Wizards, an absolute tank job yesterday. They led this ball game by a dozen points with about four minutes to go, and they got outscored 16 to nothing down the stretch. Uh, and it was a total throwaway because the Wizards just didn't put the guys back in the ball game that had built the lead. Tyus Jones didn't get bonus run. He was having a really nice game, actually, but uh, 31 minutes for him. They decided to just go ahead and let Jordan Poole continue to chuck away. Kyle Kuzma is very much a sell high. Someone was asking me why Kuzma is a sell high, and it's because he's shooting 49% right now on 20 shots a ball game. If that number starts to teeter, the whole thing goes right down the toilet. And historically, he's been a lower field goal percent guy and free throw percent. His numbers are just higher than you'd expect. Now, do I think he'll be better than he was last year? Yeah, by a little bit because he'll be doing more this season. And he's another guy where head-to-head -head makes more sense than Roto. But Roto, he's an easy sell high. And he's already down to number 83. So the the shine's coming off a little bit. But after a 34.9, you could probably get something for him. I think if you can get top 80 back for Kuzma, I would do it. Um, maybe you could even aim a little bit higher because he's scoring a lot of points. Jordan Poole, uh, I mean, at least he had four defensive stats in this ballgame, so that pushed his season mark back up to number 164. But he's not even making his free throws right now. And he's acting out in the huddle, and his turnovers are high. His assists are not. I mean, he had six yesterday, which is better, but four turnovers, that's just a one-and-a-half-to-one assist-to-turnover ratio. At least he got 16 shots up, so that's something. But they left all these guys in the ballgame that were just getting roasted by Toronto down the stretch, and they didn't put the guys back in that were that were dunking in this game. Denny Avdia should have played more. Tyus Jones should have played more. Daniel Gafford really should have played more. Gafford and Tyus Jones were the only regulars that had a plus, positive plus-minus in this game by the end. Why do we think that is? Well, because they weren't there when Toronto was going on a crazy run. Washington was just like, eh, whatever. By the way... Let's talk about Kulebeli. And I looked it up, and I listened to it, and I checked myself about 15 times on this, and I had it right yesterday. Pronunciation guide, Bespris. Um, and uh, shout out to Josh Lloyd, who um, hit me up via DM. He probably doesn't want me to talk about this, but I don't care. I, maybe he doesn't care either. Uh, so Josh hit me up by, by DM after the show and was just like, you had it right. I was like, okay. Yeah, because, like, I Googled it, and I triple-checked myself. And the issue is that his last name is getting Americanized, which tends to happen. So a lot of people are calling Koulibaly, which is not the French pronunciation. That's more of an American thing. Koulibaly is how we do it here in the States. But in the Wizards Media Guide... The accent actually is on the last syllable, believe it or not. So it actually, Koulibaly, Bilal Koulibaly, is the correct pronunciation of his last name. Now, that's impossible to say a bunch of times on a podcast. So we're just going to call him Cooley. You want to really Americanize it. That's Cooley. That's my guy Cooley. And people are giving me a hard time. I called him a speculative ad after the weekend, which apparently was not enough... Uh... Juice? I mean, the word ad is right there in it. I know I said speculative, but basically that was just my way of saying I'm not sure that this sticks throughout the entire season. He's a good steals guy. We know that about Cooley. 
I'm I'm not I'm I'm serious. I'm gonna call him Cooley, and it, it's gonna drive people insane, and and that's kind of half the point. Um, because again, Kulabali is gonna be kind of hard to say a bunch of times. But first of all, he missed his free throws. Um, the rebounds were good. I don't think the scoring's gonna be all that much. I just I think we're getting wrapped up in this idea that he can average like three steals a game, which just doesn't happen. His steal rate is going to be very good. I think we can safely say that. And he has seven in his last two ball games where he's played like starters E minutes. And then earlier this season, he had a few games where he played starters E minutes and he had one steal and then three steals and then zero. And that's just the thing. Like, what happening one time, we get sort of lost, I think, in the clouds about what could be. And that's why I said speculative. Because I'm not convinced that he's going to be able to do enough nightly on this team to warrant a roster spot. Now, you guys know I love steals. I mean, it's why I was into DeLon Wright, who's going to be out for a little bit. And that's part of the reason why Cooley is getting a little bit more playing time these last two ball games. It's not coincidence DeLon Wright goes down, Bilal gets more playing time. Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Ooh, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area, find the best deals on game day drinks, and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. Okay, fine. Let's, we can even ignore that for a minute if you guys want. 20 points, the last ball game. How often do you think he's going to hit the 20-point barrier this year? Three, four times, maybe the whole season? 10 feels more attainable. That's what he got in each of the two games around the 20. But that's just the thing. Like, if we want DeLon Wright, that's a, probably our target. But I don't know that this kid can shoot free throws. He's at 53% so far. He's shooting 50% from the field and 44% from downtown, which, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to go ahead and just take a, a wild stab in the dark and say 44% from downtown probably also doesn't hold. There's kind of a magic of small sample size things going on here where he's, I think, let me get the numbers right, I think he's nine for his last 15 from three-point land. And because he just hasn't taken that many, that's weighing heavily on the overall numbers. So I get it. There is an appeal because the defensive stats could be really interesting. He's averaging almost two a game in about 25 minutes per ball game. Maybe that holds all year. Maybe he really does hold close to two defensive stats per ball game. 
is there going to be enough of the other stuff to get him over the hump? Maybe. But I really don't think it's nearly as locked in stone as some of the folks on Twitter are yelling at me about. Dan, you need to be yelling about... You need to be yelling about Bilal. You need to be louder. I actually don't think I need to be louder. I think I'm exactly the right loudness quotient on this because I think there's a chance that it works. I like defensive stats. You guys know that about me. I'm a punt points guy in a lot of ways, and so he could fit in a build like that. But do I think he's going to be inside the top 109 cat because of two good ball games with DeLon right out? I think we're making a little bit of a leap there. So that sounded like I was sort of talking down on the whole situation. No, I'm just explaining why I had the word speculative in front of it because I don't think it's guaranteed. Some of these times it's like, look, I think I, we can start this guy like today and then I want, and that's not a place where I'm going to put speculative. That's an ad and start. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Cooley, I don't know. I think there's a there, there needs to be a little bit of a of a slight hesitation at the very least. Raptors big come from behind win against a team that was uh, actively trying to lose the ball game. I am a little bit worried about Jakob Purtle. At 13-6 and 5 in only 24 minutes, Precious Achua is back. He played 19 minutes, which I mean he's probably going to get at least that most ball games. They were trying different lineups a little bit here, trying to figure out what was going to stick. Pirtle was a minus 14. Again, I know it's just one ball game, uh, but Jakob's having a very bad season so far. He's number 160. Some of that's because he's shooting 41% at the free throw line, but a lot of it's because he's only playing 24 and a half minutes of ball game instead of high 20s like we were hoping for. So the blocks are not even at one. Steals are at 0.6. Those are numbers that we need to get up for him. Really need that free throw to come up from 41 to get back into the high 50s, something like that, so it's not quite as brutal. Uh, would I buy low? I, I'd probably rather just leave it alone. And if I have Pirtle, which I do on one or two spots, uh, I'm just going to sort of ride it out and hope for the best. Also, I feel a little bit less stupid right now because Dennis Schroeder is coming back to earth. He's still very much a roster and start guy, so I don't want this to be like, it's, it's not like a rubbing salt in a wound thing. But a lot of the stuff with Schroeder that was sort of over his head, you know, two plus three pointers per ball game, one and a half steals per game, that stuff is all coming back down to more like what we expected. The assists are still at almost eight. I'd maybe that holds all year. You know, even in a bad ball game yesterday, he still had six assists. His team shot the ball okay, so it's not like you can put it on that. Um the turnovers were also very low for a guy that was doing a lot of ball handling. I think maybe we're getting closer to where he's going to end up. 15 and 8 could probably still come down a little. 
And so top 50 Schroeder is probably done. And that was when I was like, oh, my God, I really missed on this one. But as it turns out, he is now slowing. He's down to number 84 in 9-cat. And if he ends up near the edge of the top 100, I would still say that I was too low on him. But at least I wouldn't have missed by very much at that point. Uh, Bulls lost to the Bucks 118-109, the final score there. No Jay Crowder on the Milwaukee side for a while now. We'll start on that side because there's more news on the Bucks. Crowder being out, the question was kind of, all right, where does this extra run go? And in yesterday's ballgame, it went to Pat Connaughton and a little bit extra to Bobby Portis. That was sort of the, let's say the more significant differences, but yeah, slightly more significant differences. I don't know why the Bucks continue to start Malik Beasley other than like this idea that they need more floor spacing. Um, that's something that maybe could change over time because he was also a net negative. I mean, the starting five was was kind of bad in yesterday's game. Dame was a net negative also. He was terrible coming back from injury. Uh, what do we do about this information? I, I think you can probably add Bobby Portis. And the nice part is that it doesn't have to just be because Brooke Lopez is trending down because Brooke was actually okay. He missed his free throws in kind of a weird twist in yesterday's ball game. Otherwise, you mostly got what you wanted to out of him, which was a couple of threes, three blocks, better field goal percent, and then... Where the missed free throws came from, I really have no idea. Uh, but now he's shooting 67% at the line and still only 40.5% from the field. Brooke Lopez, I mean, just staring down the numbers, it, it's a pretty clear by low. Do I think he's going to get into the top 20, top 25 like last year? No, I never thought he was going to do that. I, we all figured he would take some kind of step back. But right now, again, if you just adjust for the percentages, even if you don't ratchet up the usage he still jumps 20, 30 slots and gets him himself pretty far out in front of ADP. So I like Brooke Lopez if you can get him for the right price, which probably anything beyond top 80 would be right price for me. I think you should add Bobby Portis if he wasn't at it already. It does seem like he's going to be a bit of a winner in this Jay Crowder thing. Pat Connaughton, not... I don't think I'm doing the, the Pat Connaughton 12 team. I know he had eight boards, five assists. That was nice, but I, I just it doesn't feel like he's going to get to do enough every ball game. He profiles probably more as a 14 or 16 teamer guy right now. Uh, I have him on my 30 deep team, so that's been a nice little uh, bump here with the Crowder situation, which I needed because Alex Caruso's got a mucked up toe. But that's what's going on in Milwaukee. What's going on in Chicago is almost nothing. Um, DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine had terrible shooting games, and when they do that together, there's just sort of no chance Chicago's going to win. Levine shot 26%, DeRozan 20, 21 uh, those guys combined for 31 points on 33 shots. Womp, womp. Vooch had another good one, though, and he got 24 shots in that ball game. You want to talk about being excited about a Vooch usage rate? He's inside the top 40 now after a slow start, so uh, all is right in the universe, I guess, if you want to put it that way. Let's keep moving here. Um, oh, Kobe White had 16 points. He only played 26 minutes, though, and, and Patrick Williams had a good ball game, but I don't care. And now Cleveland in Sacramento as we come to the end of our four-game deal. Max Struess, 19-5-4 with a steal, five three-pointers and seven out of 12 shooting. Number 55 in nine-cat leagues as his field goal percent now trending up to where we thought it would be. He's now at 43% for the season, which I think is kind of around what we thought it would be overall he continues to rebound he had five more yesterday he continues to get assists just by being on the floor he played the second 
most minutes on the team again, just behind Donovan Mitchell. What's not to like? Meanwhile, Jared Allen is on a minutes cap, which is super annoying. I mentioned on a previous show that maybe you could buy low on him, but also it would be complicated because we don't know how long he's going to be on this minutes thing. So, you know, it could be two weeks, it could be a month, it could be whatever. That makes it a little bit of a nerve-wracking buy low. And the shame of it is, is that I, I did draft him in a couple of spots because I figured you get Jared Allen at like 55 or 60. That's kind of a no-brainer. But if we're going to lose the first month and a half to minutes crap, uh, that's really annoying. So uh, we're going to need to get him going here in the next little bit. I don't know how long it's going to take, but he's outside the top 100 right now. And uh, presumably that means you could get him on the cheap because nobody knows how long the minutes cap is going to last. And then Darius Garland, who, I mean, look, he's going to be better than he's been. He's number 123, mostly because he's at almost five turnovers a ball game. But also, he was probably a guy that was getting overdrafted this last year just because he gets assists. You know, Garland was fine last year. I wouldn't call him special last season. 22 points, 8 assists is pretty good. It's pretty darn good. 1.2 steals, 2.5 three-pointers on 46%. Like, all that stuff is decent. His steals are actually really high right now, but the scoring is down by 4. The assists are down by almost 2. He's His three-pointer isn't dropping yet, which is notable. But, like, here's the important part. I don't really know what people thought was going to change with Garland. He was number 50 last year. And it felt like that was just going to be his role. You know, he played 35 and a half minutes of ball game, 22 and 8. Like, what was going to improve for him as long as Donovan Mitchell was there? So this is a guy getting drafted in the mid-30s, mid to late 30s, that didn't really have much of a chance of getting to the mid-30s per game without some sort of weird usage twist. So again, if you want to call it a buy low, I'm good with that. But you got to be able to get him for something deeper than top 50. Like, if you can get Darius Garland for a 75-range guy, you probably do it. Anything cheaper than that, you definitely do it. But just understand where a guy is likely to get to. Now, the good news is that he's been bad so far. To get to the top 50, he's going to have to be better than that for a while. So, I mean, maybe that means he he doesn't even get all the way to that range. Maybe you just get top 50-ish, like, from that from whenever he turns it on to the end of the season. So overall rank wouldn't reflect that, but maybe you'd have him for that good part, so to speak. Karis LeVert had 21 and was pretty efficient, actually, in doing it. Um, I continue to be very surprised by this, but he's inside the top 100, and he needs to be started until further notice. And last week... Seven days ago, five days ago, three days ago, whatever you want to call it, I yelled and yelled and yelled about Keegan Murray being one of the biggest buy lows of the early season, and uh, now he's not anymore. So two gigantic ball games. Keegan Murray now launched himself up to number 50 overall in 9-cat. He was at like 120 while shooting 34% or something silly like that. I don't know that 2.2 defensive stats holds all year. I don't know that the big rebounding numbers hold all year. Uh, but everything else with him is... Uh, pretty repeatable because it does feel like he's going to score more. It also feels like the field goal percent is going to continue to to tick up. Uh, When it all levels off, could he end up between 50 and 80? Yeah, absolutely. 
So the buy low window is shut. We missed that one. If you didn't do it already, uh, we had our, our brief chance to, to try and, and now that's over. Um, Demonis Sabonis continues to have a really weird free throw shooting start to the year. I doubt you can get him for cheaper than people drafted him, but you should think about it. Kevin Herter's on a little bit of a mini heater right now. This is going to be the Herter path. He's number 107 while he's heating up. Uh, he'll go on a stretch where he's top 60 for a couple weeks, and he'll go on a stretch where he's top 150 for a couple of weeks. We saw it a lot last year, and I think he ended up somewhere like near 90-something. Uh, my guess is that he ends up a little bit back of that this season. Some of these early season numbers. I know De'Aaron Fox is back for this one, uh, but his early season numbers have a little bonus usage because Fox missed whatever it was a week and change with uh, with his injury. So Herter, uh, ride it, I guess. Ride him while he's hot, um, and then maybe try to sell at the end of the heater, if you can figure out when that might be. Easier said than done. Uh, or you just treat him like Tim Hardaway Jr. and kind of go add drop mode or start sit mode. You catch my drift. Malik Monk was still decent in this one. Minutes are going to trend down now with Fox back in. Monk wasn't playing 30 minutes a game when when Darren was in the ball game. He did enough here because the the turnovers were low, uh, and he hit his shots and his free throws. I am skeptical that Monk can be a top 100 play when this team is healthy. He's number 136 on the season overall right now. And to me, that feels like a much more reasonable target for him. So games cap, that would be a tough one to drop in the mix. But again, like these guys have certain head-to-head skill sets, like Monk, if you need assists, some scoring. Typically, he's a really good foul shooter. You can kind of wring that out of him, even if, again, if you're attacking all nine categories, it probably doesn't make sense. And that's yesterday, which again, just a four-game card, so we were able to move through it at a a slightly better rate. Before we get to tomorrow, I got to tell you guys about some of our partners on the show, and I've done a a better job now of keeping... Oh, the lawnmower is just out of reach. Hold on. I think I can do this without really disrupting the podcast too much. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. I think I got it. This is bad for folks that aren't watching. It's bad for folks that are watching. It's really bad for folks that are listening. This, friends, is the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra box that it comes in. And it flips open like this. Ooh, yes, the front flips open, revealing the Lawnmower 5.0. So sleek, so futuristic. Here's some here's some brushes that come with it that can uh the for uh trimming. This, let me see if I can pop this out. That's just actually converts it into a an electric razor. So if you didn't want to get the handyman, which I showed you guys last week, you could do it with that. And then you guys can see it on YouTube, but I'll explain it for the listeners. There's this little flap here. You pull it up and it reveals what's going on underneath, which is the charging implements. And on the back of the cover, a travel bag. Look at that. That all comes together in this Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. And I think I mucked up the thing, so I'm not sure I can put it back together here. Oh, there we go. I did it. Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. Body hair trimmer. They make such a deal about saying groin. It doesn't have to be groin. It's just a body hair trimmer. And it's great. And here's what we got going on on the back. I don't know if you guys can see this on the YouTube screen or if it'll focus tight enough. But uh, it's got a a two-click. LED light built into it. It's waterproof. Ah, 
60 minutes of runtime, a travel lock so it doesn't use up all of its batteries when it's in some in your suitcase or whatever. Uh, it's got this constant RPM motor. That helps the blade from slowing down as the battery drains. So it'll just hit and then it'll go. So you don't get that like at the end, which pinches. And that's what's so great about Manscaped stuff. No pinching, skin safe technology. Go get some stuff there, man. It's manscaped.com is the website. Ethos20, Ethos20 is our promo code. Enter that to get 20% off and free shipping on your order at manscaped.com. Oh, by the way, please take a moment to like and subscribe. Subscribe! What the hell, man? Many of you have watched a number of episodes, and you haven't subscribed yet. Also, chat room is open if you want to hit it. I think we'll probably have some time for questions. Because uh, there just weren't that many games to go over yesterday. Here's what's coming up tonight. A lot of things, actually, to go over tonight. By the way, again, you can find me on Twitter, at Dan Vespers. What's going on tonight? The Pacers... Well, I continue to have a fever dream that the Pacers will give anyone not named Bruce, Tyrese, or Miles consistent minutes, but also I know that they almost definitely won't. For the Sixers, I uh, I got out in front of my skis on Twitter, and I was like, oh boy, it's Nick Batum time, and then I remembered he's out for the front end of the back-to-back. Hopefully he's back for the second half. It's listed as personal reasons right now, not rest. Um, maybe they had to do that to avoid any kind of fine. Um I have no idea, but Batum looks amazing with the Sixers. They seem thrilled to have him because they haven't really had a glue guy like that before. And then with Kelly Oubre out for a while, which again, sad story, but anyway, um, Batum seems like he's in a great spot. Oh, by the way, before we get to the rest of this stuff uh, coming up tonight, we did have some news from earlier today. Devin Booker is expected to play tomorrow for Phoenix, as is Bradley Beal. So they'll have all three of their guys for the first time this year. Trey Young is out tonight. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, Gordon Hayward just got downgraded to questionable tonight due to a hamstring situation. Brandon Miller on Charlotte, also questionable. This is all breaking, by the way, uh, while the show's going here. Um, And as of about 25 seconds ago, Keldon Johnson and Trey Jones on the Spurs each ruled out for the Spurs game in Oklahoma City tonight. So that's going to create a, a weird little pocket. And I am very curious to see what happens when certain guys are out on the Spurs because I, I don't like the efficiency from uh, a lot of the main dudes. But there are guys waiting in the wings that are a little bit better from that standpoint. So, like, if Trey Jones is out, does that mean we finally get a Devontae Graham sighting? Does it just mean more Jeremy Sohan at the point? Keldon Johnson being out... Uh, you know, we saw with Vassell out, that was Malachi Branham time. Is that going to be a thing? I'm probably not going to play anybody, but it is a good thing. This is the time of year where we're collecting all the data to use later on these, we call them burger board streams, but the injury replacement guys. All right, let's get back to this thing. Um, DeAnthony Melton feels like he almost has to be productive now with no Ubre and Batum out. Like, how could he not be useful in this one? For the Heat, Kyle Lowry. I'm assuming he's back here because it's not a back-to-back, right? Heat don't play tomorrow. Miami plays tonight. Uh, Whoopsies. Let's get this real quick. Yeah, they don't play tomorrow. Uh, So I'm assuming Kyle Lowry's in. And so now the question becomes, is it Lowry? Is it Duncan Robinson? Is it Jaime Jaquez who picks up for the Tyler Hero stuff? I I would lean to Lowry, but, you know, I I guess we can't know for certain on that front. Hornets. 
Uh, Miles Bridges was going to be the main thing here, but now with Hayward and Brandon Miller, game time decision-y type of stuff, there's a whole lot of stuff to keep track of with the Hornets that we simply can't know the answers to in the morning, which is when we're talking right now. For the Hawks, Trey Young being out for personal reasons. I believe it was the birth of his second child, if I'm getting that right. Uh, DeJounte Murray should go pretty big. Bogdan Bogdanovich is someone that I was expecting to drop off, but this won't be the day that it happens now. And uh, that's basically it for the Hawks. For the Pistons, I have a number of things I'm wondering about. So Alec Burks, Jaden Ivey came back immediately. Marcus Sasser and uh, Killian Hayes became not playable. But how does that whole thing shake out? Do any of those four guys stay above the cut line? Is it zero out of four? Is it one, two out of four? It seems like Alec Burks is going to have to be the guy because they badly need somebody to score not named Cade Cunningham. But we'll see. I believe Jalen Duren was already listed out for this ballgame. And if that's the case, Isaiah Stewart typically moves above the cut line, even if he's still playing power forward. It's just that now he's alongside Marvin Bagley, who's not an all-world rebounder instead of Jalen Duren. Bagley is not someone I would stream in Roto. You could probably do it in head-to-head if you really wanted to, but like you wouldn't be that upset if you missed it. Spurs was going to be nothing until we just had Trey Jones and Keldon Johnson ruled out. So put that again, Rolodex it. Thunder, uh, my guess is that we're running out of time to sell on Lou Dort because there's just no way he averages 2.6 defensive stats on 50-82 splits. I guess the free throws could stick, uh, but he has at least three categories that are about to plummet. And when that happens, it's going to be a precipitous drop. So just make your move if you can. Orlando, I feel like I need to put Jalen Suggs on every list, but at this point, he's way inside the cut line, so just roll there. The real thing with the Magic is, does Jonathan Isaac ever get near 20 minutes? He's gotten as high as 17. 20 is amazingly enough for him, because his fantasy game is about as good as anybody on the planet, but his body is about as terrible as anybody's on the planet. So we got to see if his body can withstand 20 minutes. I mean, we talked about this with Alex Caruso, who's very different. Very different basketball player, very different fantasy stuff. When he plays 30 minutes, he gets hurt. Sure enough, he played 30 minutes in the Bulls' last game, and then he missed or three games back or whatever it is. And then womp, womp, womp. I think Caruso gets moved. We'll see what happens with Chicago. It'd be nice if he got moved to a team that would play him a whole bunch, but it feels like he'd just have the same role somewhere else anyway. Uh, Nets, not much really here. I know Ben Simmons is out, but the Dorian Finney-Smith fill-in for Simmons was not as fun as the Dorian Finney-Smith fill-in for Nick Claxton, so I think we can probably leave that alone. Mavericks, I really just want to know if Derek Lively II is going to have enough consistency to remain on rosters. Like, should we hang on and see how it goes all year, or is it going to bounce around so much that it's going to be more uh, a he- bigger headache than it's worth? That's the direction I'm kind of tilting right now, but... Nothing is set in stone there. Pelicans, I need to know if Herb Jones is getting back in there. I don't think we have an update on him yet. If he's back in, that changes a lot for the Pels. Because with him out, Dyson Daniels has been getting starts, and he's been very good in the starting lineup. I've cooled on Jordan Hawkins. I think he's more of a schedule stream kind of play. Um, And I also saw Herb Jones get dropped in a few spots Maybe because folks didn't know how long he was going to be out. Uh, But he's available in a couple of leagues I'm in, which is really surprising, given he's number 51 in 9-cat right now. I would say pick him up. He's questionable for tonight is the latest 
news on Herb. Um, it's really weird. I know. I don't know what the hell he's doing on some waiver wires, but folks get frustrated fast, and I guess that's sort of the only answer I can come up with there. For Portland, Skylar Mays, uh, if we're talking about streamers, for the Jazz, I, you know, Roto, I don't think I would start. Keontae George, head-to-head, you can, but he does belong on rosters right now to kind of see how this thing shakes out. They're very much a better ball club when he's running point as opposed to whatever the hell you could call Taylor Horton Tucker doing out there. Uh, Clippers, same stuff. Harden, how do they settle? How long is this this chemistry thing going to take? But it's been real bad so far. And I'm almost... Now, the problem is that I have a number of Clippers on my roster already, but I'm feeling greedy, so I kind of hope that it sucks for, like, another week. Because if it really sucks for one more week in Clippertown, you could probably get Harden and Kawhi for crazy discounted rates. And then I would end up with them on every single team I have. Because that's one of those ones where I would, like, pause my family life to go buy low on dudes if they're terrible for another week. And you could start getting Harden and Kawhi Leonard for, like, outside the top 60. Harden, I drafted Harden at, like, 60 in one of my last drafts. That one... I don't think I could ever get him any cheaper than that, but, like, Kawhi, you probably had to take in the 20s. Maybe he fell near 30 in some spots. If you could get him cheaper than that right now, I mean, good grief. Nuggets, Reggie Jackson's the only thing to track there. Timberwolves, nothing at this point. I think we basically know what they are. Warriors, I mean, the whole team is god-awful right now besides Steph Curry, and that just can't last all year. Not all of these guys just magically turned terrible overnight someone's going to bust out of a slump. I have no idea which one it's going to be, but like right now, no one on the Warriors can do anything. Clay is shooting 42.5%, and his usage is way down. Chris Paul, I think, is under 40%, right? Yeah, he's at 37%. That's got to come up. He's pretty damn close to being fantasy valuable, even at 37%. And then Andrew Wiggins is off the map. He's been so bad. Someone has to get better, but who... Grizzlies, you know what I haven't mentioned? Is Jaron Jackson Jr. a buy low at number 46? It feels like he probably is. His scoring is up with no jaw, but his defensive stats are like half of what they were last year, and it feels like that's going to trend in the right direction. Um, I'm trying to remember. I think I got some questions about... Who the hell was it on Memphis? Uh, Jacob Gilliard. He played 24 minutes in the last ballgame. I- I'm not... Yeah. Show me, like, a consistent 31 minutes, and maybe I'll think about it. But even then, it's it, this is all time-stamped to Jaws' return. Do we dare try Bismarck Biombo against Anthony Davis? That feels like a bad idea. Lakers, it all comes down to whether or not LeBron plays. He's questionable right now. Uh, this is an in-season tournament game, so if he's good enough to go, I assume he'll go. If LeBron goes, I think you probably leave all the streamers alone. If he sits, you could probably try Rui Hachimura or possibly Cam Johnson or Cam Reddish or maybe even both. So it all comes down to Bron in that one. Uh, so a little bit of good news in Lakertown yesterday. It sounds like Jared Vanderbilt is ramping up towards a return. I don't think he needs to be rostered for fantasy purposes. Um, I guess you never know if a bunch of other guys get hurt. Then that would change, but he'll slot in and, and uh, make the team better at the very least. And that is your look ahead for tomorrow. 
So that means at 42 minutes, again, I said I'm not going to an hour. We're not going to go to an hour in today's show. Uh, I'm going to try to lightning round these questions as best I can. So folks, sit back, relax. It's 9.57 a.m. Pacific time right now. If your question is in the chat room, I'm going to try to get to it. If it's not in the chat room right now, I don't think it's going to happen. Okay? Okay. Uh, by the way, please do come find me on social at Dan Bespris so that we can hang out even after the show is over. Um, yes, that's very important. Like, subscribe, 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 subscribe. That's so important. Forget the liking. I need the subscriptions. That's more important. Points League, Maxi or De'Aaron Fox? Uh, give me Tyrese Maxi. Choose two out of Levert, Melton, Avdia, Keontae, George. I think I answered this question on yesterday's show, or maybe it was a slightly different smattering of humans. Um, Melton and, what did I say yesterday? Melton and Avdia? Yeah, Melton and Avdia. Give me Melton and Avdia out of those guys. Franz Wagner and Jalen Williams or... Jared Allen and Clint Capella. Uh, boy, that's very different skill sets. By strict ranking, I think I'll go Franz, and I think Jalen Williams gets a lot better as this season goes. We haven't seen him get any steals yet, and that's still going to happen. Um, but this, I mean, this is like relatively close because I think Jared Allen probably gets up inside the top 50. Clint Capella is pretty close to top 50 already, right? Yeah, 68. I think he might be the highest ranked of anybody on that board. I'm not a big Franz Wagner guy. He's number 98. I don't think he's really going to get a whole lot better than that this year. Um, but I am a big Jalen Williams guy. So that's maybe where this thing screws it up. I, he's at 0.8 steals. I think that gets up to like 1.3, 1.4. Everything else has been great for Jalen to this point. Um, yeah, this is too, cl- it's too close to call. Too close to call. Go with the stats you need. Bradley Beal or Tobias Harris? Not a question we thought we were going to be getting before the season started. I, believe it or not, think I'm going Tobias Harris. He's number 32. He was a top 40 guy in fantasy before Harden showed up, and Harden's gone now. Is Jonathan Isaac a speculative ad? Looks like he'll hit 20 minutes tomorrow or the next game. Does it look that way, though? Because we have no idea if he's actually going to get over 17 minutes. You guys know my take. If he hits 20, I pick him up on the spot. Cam Johnson and Jordan Poole are on the waiver wire. Who would offer a better return rest of season? Gordon Hayward would be the drop. I like Cam Johnson better between those guys. Um, Just safer. Need a point guard while Jamal Murray is out. Should I go Jalen Suggs or Trey Jones? Uh, Trey Jones is now hurt, so that made my answer a lot easier. Give me Jalen Suggs, who's not really a point guard, though. Trey Jones will beat him in assists. But just like general overall ranking and opportunity right now, you're going Suggs. Would you drop Derek White for Mitchell Robinson? I would not. Would you trade Jakob Pertl for Wendell Carter Jr. in a points league? I want to stash Wendell and IR to pick up Cooley. <laughs> also very, very worried about Pertl's minutes. So uh, points league, yes. I think you can go Wendell in that one. Um, category league, no. Should I drop any of the following for Cooley? Ben Simmons, Derek Lively, DeAnthony Melton, Gordon Hayward, Markel Fultz. I think you could probably get away with dropping Derek Lively. Scotty Barnes for Giannis. Well, um, this one's pretty straightforward. Are you punting free throws? Because if so, then this answer is a resounding yes. And if it's not, then I think this answer is a resounding no. Um, 
Although right now, Scotty Barnes is better than Giannis, even if you are punting free throws. It just feels like at some point, Giannis is going to pass him in that format. Um, but if you're not, then Giannis has almost no chance of catching him. Analysts keep saying Dame just needs to get adjusted more, and I agree in some ways, but he just can't shoot at all, and his confidence on the ball is just gone. I'm sad. Um, I don't think his confidence is gone. I think he's playing a little bit hurt. And he's trying to figure out how he fits here. But you know he's not going to shoot 37% for an entire season. So I'm inclined to agree with the the analysts in this one. Um, the place where I disagreed with analysts is that people are like, oh, he's just going to do what he did in Portland. There's just no way. I mean, he was a one-man wrecking crew last year. There was nobody in Portland to help him for long stretches. And now he has Giannis. And, like, Middleton isn't even healthy yet. So his usage is always going to take a pretty big hit. He's probably going to end up in the second round, if I had to guess, on a per-game basis. Um, but if you have him, you just hang on. It'll be fine. It'll, be, it'll get better. It's probably not going to be a mid-first, probably not even a late-first at this point, but you'll be all right. Do you think D'Lo can maintain 14 field goal attempts and six and a half assists? Where do you rank him rest of season, and what about his minutes? Um... Well, we've seen his minutes come down a tiny bit in the last couple of Lakers games, uh, largely because they've gone to more defense-focused lineups late in the ballgame. Uh, like with Portland, uh, Russell played 32 minutes, but he didn't play down the stretch. But he got a lot of his minutes before that. So my answer is basically yes with with a caveat, because right now he's playing 33 minutes a game. Um I think probably that comes down a little bit with once Gabe Vincent comes back because they'll lean more in defense in those spots. But also, I think he's like he was getting drafted after a hundred, and I think he beats that. So maybe not fourteen field goal attempts, but six assists is very doable. He's actually building chemistry with Anthony Davis seemingly every ball game. Um, so I, I would definitely not panic on him. Who would you rather have in eight cat? Dan Nick Claxton or Daniel Gafford? That's Nick Claxton. Is Markel Fultz a drop? Do we think this knee issue is going to be persistent all through the year? Back to bats, blah, blah, blah. He's 25 with a bum knee. That doesn't seem good enough to be held. Uh, I'm going to hold him a little bit longer, see if he can get back from this. I admit he's been the most annoying player in fantasy to, to roster so far this year because he missed three games, and just when we were able to put him on an IL slot, then he came back, played one game, and now he's missed two again, so he's been basically dead weight. But I got to let him try to settle. I'm going to give him at least some number of games when he's healthy to see what happens. After that, he could end up as a drop. You know, he was a guy that was you were drafting in the 90s. Those guys end up drops sometimes. If it doesn't pan out, it doesn't pan out, but I don't think I would do it yet. Should I trade Michael Porter Jr. for Brooke Lopez? Uh, No, stick with MPJ. He's having a really good season. I think you can maybe even get more, or you can just ride it out. Is it time to activate Cam Johnson? Yes. Who is my drop out of Tyus Jones, Shaden Sharp, Jalen Johnson, or Daniel Gafford? Ah. Oh. Sadly, it's probably Tyus Jones. Should I trade John Morant for James Harden? Yeah, punt free throw build. Um, I'm going to say yes. Kawhi for Miles Turner? Um... I think I'd probably rather have Kawhi, but you go either way on that. That one's that one's pretty close either way. Probably prefer Kawhi for me, but if you go Miles, that's that's actually fine too. Thoughts on Ben Simmons? Is there any hope? 
Eh, there's hope, but I've been saying he's his career's over for about three years. Um, he's just not fast anymore. His body is is broken. I think the best we can hope for is what he's done so far this year, which is top 120, um, and that could go up a little bit if his free throw number wasn't 25%, but the other stuff is probably not going to change all that much, and then you just have to pray that he gets healthy. Handful more questions here, and then we're wrapping it up. Um, who to drop if something comes up on... Who's my drop between Gordon Hayward, Tyus Jones, Derek White, Markel Fultz? Uh, Fultz is the drop if somebody pops up. I sent Tyus Jones and Andrew Wiggins for Jakob Pertl. Was that too much? I mean, that's a... You sold low and bought low. I think Tyus should have been enough to get him solo. But I don't mind you getting rid of Andrew Wiggins. So, that's fine. I sent away Gobert and Kuzma for Jimmy Butler and OG Ananobi. Yeah, that's a huge win. A huge win. Um, Kuzma's on his way down. Butler and OG are great. Gobert is much better than expected, but, like... You know, he's not Butler. And OG more than covers anything else you might have lost there. Should I sell low on Clay when he has some name value? He looks washed. Um, Maybe. Depends what you can get. If you can get a top 90 guy back, I probably would sell on Clay Because I don't know how long it's going to take him to get going, if at all. Um, but you're definitely not dropping there. I managed to trade away Jordan Clarkson for Keegan Murray last week. Well done, sir. That's how you do it. Hey, Dan, Pat Connaughton or Nick Batum in an 18-teamer? Uh, I'll go Batum, although Connaughton probably here while Jay Crowder's out might be safer because I don't think he's going to take rest games like Nick might. Uh, but overall for the year, I'd probably go, probably go Batum. Is Trey Murphy a stash? Yes, because the Pelicans cannot stay healthy to save their lives. So I have every reason to believe that uh, someone's just going to be hurt at all times on New Orleans, and that means Trey would slot into their spot easily. And um, that's that. By the way, I told you guys that if you got your questions in before 9.57, they were getting answered. People keep writing them in there, uh, but sadly, I don't think we're getting to those. Max Drews, Jordan Poole, or Cam Johnson, rest of season? Uh, I'll go Cam Johnson. In I just think he's... Although the health thing does bug me a little bit. But Cam Johnson per game is probably my pick there. Dan, at this point in the season, are you stashing guys like Bilal, who has potential rest of season, or keeping guys like Skylar Mays for the next two to three weeks? Uh, probably more like a Mays thing right now, because I don't know how long it's going to take for Cooley to actually get value. And I frankly, I don't know that he's going to have nine cat value all year anyway. Um, but we know Skylar Mays is going to have some value here for a week or two. Um, so I'm gonna, I'll just cash in on that. Jalen Suggs or Jordan Hawkins? Definitely Jalen Suggs. Kevin Durant for Anthony Edwards. Uh, I'm gonna go Durant because Durant has actually been like weirdly not amazing so far, and he's he's starting to get there, but he's down at number twenty uh, while not hitting his free throws at the normal clip. Like, normally he's at nine-some-odd free throws a game and, and like, 90%, and he just got up into the mid-80s. His turnovers are also super-duper high because he hasn't had anybody on his team, and he's had to do a lot of the passing. Um, Edwards is at 26, and I feel like Ant has kind of maxed out on ranking. Um, so I, I, I prefer Kevin Durant. Although I get it, like, maybe you prefer Anthony Edwards because he is more a safer health risk there. 
but I, I like Kevin Durant on a per-game basis. Trade or hold Kawhi, Pirtle, and Tyus Jones. Kawhi is a buy. He's a buy low. Pirtle is probably a weighted out, and Tyus Jones is also probably a weighted out. Another Tyus Jones question. Is there any hope, or do you reckon the Wizards are cooked? Yeah, they're, they are they are cooked, man. I, I don't... They might be doing a little bit of pre-tanking here just to, like, make sure they rack up a ton of losses. And then perhaps you see some of these guys, they actually let them play a little more in the middle of the season. So I would I would say hang on, because we, we see the outlines of it. Like, we've seen yesterday he looked pretty good until they just yanked him around. Um, you're not dropping... Let's just see how it goes. Two more questions, because those are the ones that got in before my 957 butter. Is Herb Jones better than Jordan Hawkins? Yes. Should I trade Harden for Cat? Yes. I'm good with that. Because you probably Harden probably got drafted later, so to some degree you're sort of like going and moving up the board. And Cat, uh, just much safer. Shot's starting to come around. He's number 47, but he's not shooting well yet, so that's a number that should probably go up. I mean, maybe you get to a point where Harden is better than him per game, but it ain't happening yet. And I think that's it for the questions. I know people threw some some other stuff in there, but uh, sorry, guys, you you were technically after the buzzer. This one asked, somebody asked me if I'm a big pizza guy. And the answer is no, I'm lactose intolerant. That makes it harder. Uh, there's, you know, they make like a vegan cheeses that don't have lactose, but they're kind of gross. And then pizza without cheese is also a little bit gross, but, you know, I'll do that in a pinch. So there's your non-basketball question there. Um, hoping to do a buy-sell show later today. We'll just kind of see how timing goes. I'm also completely exhausted from uh, all things life. But, um, again, it'll, it'll again, sort of come down to uh, daily timing, things like that. So stay tuned. We might have that going on. Please subscribe. That's the way that you would get alerted if we do have a fun buy or sell show. I am at D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S over on Twitter. Come hang out with us on social. Come hang out with us in Discord. And what am I forgetting? Oh, Ethos20 over at Manscaped.com. Reminder on the way out to also click like and subscribe, 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 subscribe. Please subscribe, 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 subscribe. Goodbye. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.